Hello and welcome to North of 48. It is December the 15th, soon to be December the 16th. That's how we roll late at night. That's the best. I want to talk to you about a, a couple of things uh, today, if you don't mind. Uh, one about the flu and the RSV illnesses that are are out there. Uh, so this is uh, from information from Very Well Health, CNBC, and the CBC that I'm going to put together for you and give you some uh, some information. Uh, flu activity is continuing to ramp up across the states, resulting in the highest number of positive flu tests and hospitalizations in more than a decade, according to the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. As of December 9th, the CDC estimates there have been at least 13 million illnesses, 120,000 hospitalizations, and 707,300 deaths, including at least 21 children so far this flu season. The data also shows that 46 U.S. states are experiencing high or very high levels of influenza-like illnesses which factors in not just flu cases, but also other illnesses like respiratory syncytial virus, RSV, and COVID-19. At this point, they're looking at one of the worst flu seasons since the uh, 2009 H1N1 swine flu pandemic. Uh, Robert Glader, an MD, emergency room physician at Lenox Hill Hospital, says the high burden of flu this early in the season has easily surpassed what we have typically seen in the past 13 years. According to the article, during the COVID-19 pandemic, many people followed precautions such as masking, frequent hand washing, and avoiding large gatherings. I still do that, just so you know. That not only helped prevent the spread of COVID, but also infectious illnesses like the flu. The measures we took to avoid COVID-19 resulted in a marked decrease in flu cases. That means that fewer people were exposed to and developed natural immunity to the flu. However, experts say that lifting of mask mandates, changes in societal behaviors, and the public's increasing reluctance to get vaccinated, and general exhaustion with COVID precautions are likely playing a role in the large rebound in flu case numbers we're seeing so far this year. In Ontario, there's been some speculation that they're going to go back to mask mandates. And I believe, but don't quote me, New York also has decided to go to mask mandates. Now, Canada is on track to face its first full flu season in several years. One that's starting earlier than usual. And they're grappling with uh, respiratory infections like COVID-19 and RSV. It's hard to know how the months ahead will play out, but what is true is hospitals are inundated with um, especially children with RSV who don't have the antibodies to protect themselves because everybody's been wearing a mask. I'm not against masks, I'm just saying. Now, um, influenza activity has been increasing steeply and crossed the seasonal threshold of 5% of samples coming back positive from in late October. So it actually started early. One month earlier than typical, observed in pre-pandemic seasons. The province's 
pediatric hospitals are already overflowing with children sick with illnesses, including RSV and positive test results for COVID-19 are back on the rise. In the coming months, Ontario, the province, will likely face the triple threat of respiratory illnesses, warned Dr. Rose Zacharias, president of the Ontario Medical Association. Alberta is also experiencing a spike in influenza A cases as well by the end of October, alongside the circulation of other pathogens, and BC public health officials are also watching for an ongoing rise in positive samples. Now, influenza A is the strain that causes pandemics, just so you know. So if there was a pandemic coming from flu, it's usually from an influenza A case. At this moment, we're seeing influenza creeping up and samples come in through long-term care facilities, children's hospitals, adult hospitals, said medical microbiologist Dr. Linda Hong, the associate director and program head of the bacterial and mycology lab at the BC Centre for Disease Control. In Chile, where the 2022 flu season has come and gone, influenza A began circulating months earlier than during pre-pandemic flu seasons, according to a recent report released by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control. Chilean officials reported more than 1,000 hospitalizations during the season. That's higher than during the COVID pandemic when public health restrictions and other factors kept flu at bay for more than a year but lower than during recent pre-pandemic flu seasons. The country's flu shots also cut the risk of hospitalization in nearly in half. Now, the thing with flu shots, since we haven't really had a flu season for a couple of years, based uh, because we were battling COVID and we were being extra cautious, what flu shot? How would they know which flu shot, which vaccine to give for the flu shot? I have never been able to figure that out. I've heard that uh, they give what was last year, but flu. But that's not usually, it's not always right. Like what, what kind of vaccine in the flu shot will be, you know, will work? Going back to a story I talked about on, on the last uh, podcast uh, was the arrest of more than two dozen uh, Germans over an alleged uh, coup plot. Apparently, um, part of their plans was um, a prince descended from German nobility would take over as, a, as the new head of state and a former far-right member of parliament would be put in charge of a national purge. The electricity network would be sabotaged. Satellite phones to communicate off-grid had already been bought. And 3,000 police officers and special forces fanned out across the country and raided 150 homes and arrested 25 suspected co-conspirators. They included an active duty soldier, a former officer in the elite special forces, a police officer, and at least two army reservists. Among the items uncovered, and this is why I want to bring this up, 
was a list containing 18 names of politicians considered enemies, possibly to be deported and executed. Among them, Chancellor Olaf Scholz, people familiar with the raids, uh, requested an, an, um, to be anonymous. Uh, I'm getting the information from the New York Times because they were not authorized to discuss the investigation. Um, why? They hate it that bad? Why? You know, it's the uh, same as the United States, where they had uh, the January 6th people. Well, they were going to take over the country and put it on a different path. These people thought likewise and aren't able to go to the public with their philosophy with their theory of the case and get people to vote for them so they take it by force it's interesting to note uh, the russians also had a kill list uh zelensky was on top of it and other people in the ukraine government and in the um the oblast or province regions where they went under went under went to take and um they had a kill list as well so is being an extremist extremist um, a way to get your, your point across or is it a way to end up in jail? Uh, the people here at the German um, debacle, uh, some of them were willing to, to die for the cause, uh, which is unfortunate because there's so much you can do other than... Uh, dying for that cause if you're a smoker or a vapor and you plan to come to canada beware if you go to banff banff uh, national park a beautiful national park everybody should go there and see it a lot of australians go there they have banned smoking and vaping on trails sidewalks and outdoor events so if you have a nick fit you're out of luck if you smoke in banff on a trail you will be ticketed so Canada has a Navy, whether you knew that or not. And I got some information from David Pugliese of the Ottawa Citizen. It's a newspaper from Ottawa. Sailors are provided with bottled water after lead contamination concerns on new Arctic patrol ships. These are new Arctic patrol ships made by Irving. Drinking water on board, the Canadian Navy's new fleet of Arctic patrol ships, which is believed to be two, is believed to be contaminated with lead, forcing the military to provide crews with bottled water. So this is the latest problem associated with the $4 billion program to manufacture ships in Canada. It's revealed that some fittings and valves in the potable water system were manufactured from alloys that exceeded the allowable amount of lead. National Defense has confirmed that Irving Shipbuilding installed the fittings and valves on HMS HM Her Majesty's Carrier, HMCS Harry DeWolf, Margaret Brook, Max Bernays and HMCS William Hall. So that's four ships, so I am corrected. 
The Navy sailors, Royal Canadian Navy sailors, contacted the newspaper to provide details of potentially lead-contaminated water as they believed the Navy and National Defence were trying to hide the problems from the public. The information about the water problems was later confirmed by National Defence. Acceptance tests of ships indicated concerns with water quality. The department noted in its statement, in particular, the test demonstrated a possibility of accumulated lead contamination in the water, especially in areas where the water remained stagnant. An investigation ensued, revealing that some fittings and valves in the water system are manufactured from alloys that exceed the lead requirements specified in the build contract. The National Defence noted that since safety of military personnel is a priority, the Canadian Forces is now conducting regular water testing and provided providing bottled water for these crews. And there is another ship uh, to be delivered in the fall of 2023 that will have the same protocol in place. The shipbuilding firm Irving has come up with a solution to install a filtration system as well as potentially replace the fittings and valves. I would think that would be the first thing this is me talking, is they put in the wrong fittings and valves, get in there and fix it. We gave you enough money, taxpayer money, to build these things. National Defense notes taxpayers, however, could end up paying extra for that, even though the department acknowledged that Irving used fittings and valves manufactured from alloys that exceeded lead requirements. We know that. Negotiation on who pays is currently under discussion. Why is there a discussion? You don't give them the final payment for the ship until everything's tickety-boo, right? Going forward, new valves will be installed in the other Arctic and offshore patrol ships to be built by Irving. Why is this a thing? Why wasn't it done right, you know? Um, Irving says it's committed to the safety of Canadian sailors on the ships we build and maintain for the Navy. And obviously, that is not true. They, somebody said, put these valves in, and they did. Last week... Um, Ottawa Citizen reported that the HMCS Harry DeWolf will be out of service until April because of ongoing mechanical problems, but the military doesn't yet have an idea how much repairs are going to cost taxpayers. These are new ships, okay? Let me put this down to you. These are new ships and already has to have repairs. Um, the system that allows the vessel to maneuver wasn't functioning properly. The repairs won't be covered by Irving Shipbuilding because the warranty for the company's workmanship on the vessel delivered in 2020 was only for one year. Billion dollars and you get one year warranty. The problems are affecting the vessel's four main diesel generators that provide electrical power and ship propulsion. The Harry DeWolf left August on August 15th for an Arctic exercise, but already one of its main diesel generators was inoperable. Several days later, when the ship was off the co east coast of Newfoundland and Labrador, another of the main diesel generators failed, forcing a return to Halifax. National Defense is now conducting a technical investigation to try to figure out the problem, and repairs will be made at taxpayers' expense. Again, this taxpayers' expense crop. As the repairs are ongoing, we don't yet have a full estimated cost. It is expected that the Harry DeWolf will return to operations in April 2023. Now, these vessels are not involved in the war. They're not hard used. They're actually just, just getting their sea legs. They're, the crews are just getting used to, used to how they are, and these things have problems. The HMCS Max Bernays was docked on November 23rd, another ship, to deal with 
problems with the vessel's bow thruster. The thruster enables the ship to fine-tune its positioning during specific station-keeping maneuvers. The problem with the thruster was known prior to the Royal Canadian Navy's decision to accept delivery of the vessel from Irving in September. There were also problems with the fire suppression systems on HMCS Harry DeWolf. In October 2020, a Chronicle Herald newspaper reported that the Harry DeWolf was forced to return to port after its freshwater generator and communication systems failed. It was while the ship was docked that the crew also found that the cooling pumps on two of the ship's four diesel generators had broken. The Harry DeWolf was officially delivered by Irving to the Navy on July 31st. 2020. This program has over the years faced delays and cost increases building these ships for Canada. Under the original timetable, the first ship was to have been delivered in 2013 with Arctic operations set for 2015, but that first ship wasn't delivered to the Canadian military until 2020. In 2015, the federal government announced that it had warning awarded Irving Shipbuilding, a $2.6 billion contract to build five of these ships. In 2018, that deal was expanded to add a sixth vessel. National Defence currently lists the project as costing taxpayers a little more than $4.3 billion. The Senate Defence Committee raised concerns about the vessel's capabilities in 2017. The concern is based on the fact that these ships cannot operate in ice more than a meter thick, are slower than a ferry in British Columbia, and can only operate in the Arctic from June to October, and will require a Coast Guard escort when in the northern waters. These limitations are troubling and raise the question of whether the taxpayers are receiving value for the money spent. I'm going to say no. Any northern ship that can't get into the ice that was built for the Arctic and that can't handle the ice is not a ship we should be using. Let's sell it to the Caribbean countries, I suppose. In March of 2019, officials with National Defense and Public Services and Procurement Canada warned Irving that the newspaper was asking questions about problems with welds on the ships. Irving, in turn, threatened the newspaper with legal action. Of course, that's how they operate. National Defense, however, later confirmed there had been minor issues with welding on the ships, and the article was published. No lawsuit was filed, because it was true. And that's um, that's just kind of sad because, uh, you know, especially with the war in Russia and Ukraine, uh, it was always felt that the need that Canada needed to have a more robust armed services and um, then Irving to keep uh, the shipbuilding in Canada. There was another company out in Vancouver, I remember, that also applied um, on the bid to build these. And it went to Irving, who owns Irving Refineries. And Irving kind of owns Newfoundland. Can I say that? Well, sorry. They have a lot of money in Newfoundland and some of the eastern provinces. They employ a lot of people. And obviously, I'm going to say... They could probably try to fix ships, but should they be allowed to build them if it's like this? I I would say no. Um, However, Canada needs a good shipbuilding um, company uh, industry. And it's something that we used to build ships here, and we really got away from that because uh, we didn't put any money towards our armed services that much. And we buy other countries' things, you know. Um, but at this stage of the game, are you going to buy a ship from China? I don't think so. You want to develop in your own country a robust military ordnance manufacturer and accessories, I suppose. Now, I'm not fond of war, but I do know that it is up to the country 
to spend some of the taxpayers' money on proper equipment for its soldiers and its Navy and its Air Force. Uh, Canada has neglected that for a period of years. I'd like to say that they're doing okay, but they're not, obviously, with the serving ship build fiasco five ships and they couldn't they haven't got gotten any one of them right yet they all have problems i don't know is the government strong enough to go in there and say hey buddy you guys screwed up you know um i mean the irving irving family has like mega bucks mega bucks and they just made more on this they also have a contract for all 15 surface combatant ships for 15 Hmm. how's your day been hope you've had a good day i hope you've had a good week i just wanted to drop you a line hope you don't mind kind of a short uh podcast tonight but uh got got things to do and so do you you just have yourself a great weekend and i hope you had a great week and we will talk to you soon take care bye